0: Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we finish up what's been kind of a collaborative thing, but mostly spearheaded by Commissar Whiskers. Uh, As a reminder, this is part two of a two-part series, so I would strongly urge you to go back a previous episode if this is your first experience with us, because who boy, you'd probably be confused otherwise. There's a whole lot of really cool stuff in that episode. And a big thank you to our patron, Commissar Whiskers, for this prompt. And remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to Follow us on social media. You can go ahead and do that over on Twitter at Let's World Build. I mean, we'd be privileged and honored if we could be one of your 600 views that day. But anyway, uh, so yeah, we're also on Discord. If you want to come chat with us more directly, Discord's definitely the place to do it, where we talk about world building and a whole bunch of other random nonsense. Really, whatever you want. Uh, Just come on over there with a link for that in the description. And of course, if you're feeling particularly generous or if you want access to those sweet, sweet patron only episodes, or if you want two episodes instead of one for your prompts, you can always go and give us money over on Patreon. We are always incredibly grateful whenever you do that. We've also got our YouTube channel, which is up and running, which basically is another way, another means for you to interact and listen to the podcast. Also, if you're hearing this on YouTube, hey, what's up? Glad that the algorithm shoved us into your life. So thank you for clicking on that. Make sure you do all the YouTube stuff as well while you're there. Hey, why not? You know, anyway, with all that out of the way, let's dive right back into our prompt. And the last time we left off, we had a twist. And the twist was there's an unreliable protagonist slash main character. So Daniel, why don't you get us started today? What direction did you want to take this unreliable protagonist slash main character?
1: Um, I had a couple of thoughts. On the one hand, uh, we had framed the progenitors as sort of a uh, salvation for these people. And we'd framed the snake as being quite terrifying. So mm-hmm. I thought perhaps either the snake is not quite what um, it's been made out to seem that it is. Or um, and and or with the slash between the progenitor. That they are seeking out the last remaining one, or the progenitors in general, are in fact bad, and they're perhaps worse than the gods.
2: Ooh. Oh my. Interesting.
0: That is that is certainly not what I was anticipating there either. So yeah, uh-huh. for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're both interested in the, uh, the world serpent thing there, because... Yeah. Ah, <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I was going to say, Courtney, <laughs> is, yours, is yours also World War it's, related? It's
2: related, I think, yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: well, what do you got for us there, Courtney?
2: So, yeah, last time we had established that we'd be following, or partly following, at least a group of researchers on a spaceship trying to study the serpent and like follow it around. And that that serpent leaves all sorts of these reality-warping, physics-changing craziness in its wake. Uh, and my thought was that the exposure to that changes you mentally over time, like your perception of time shifts. You start to gain a new uh, understanding or insight of the universe that can only be attained by experiencing it directly. Kind of like in the same vein as the movie Arrival or the short mm-hmm. story. It's based on sure. story of your life where the main character is a linguist uh, who translates an alien language. And because of how they communicate her own like sense of time shifts as she gets into it
0: Hmm. yeah that sounds fun i like that Mm -hmm. um yeah so my mine was admittedly a bit more broad in terms of what i was interested in kind of talking about i really just wanted something to do with the worm isn't exactly what it's been told it is if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. yes i mean the fact that there's reality warping stuff around it I think is kind of telling, you know what I mean? Like, I I think that the narrative has suitably warped around the worm itself as well.
1: So it seems like you guys are saying something similar, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that completely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So does that mean the the zealots are kind of right?
0: (laughs) I mean, Hmm, maybe, maybe, I mean, it, it also sounds like the, the kind of brain rot that Courtney or, brain expansion
2: that Courtney is (laughs) on your point of view yeah yeah,
0: exactly that that Courtney is kind of hinting at here is also like perhaps a good reason as to why the story has been warped from my tenant as well you know like Mm. oh oh it's it's not that you know like this thing is as it says it's actually just like as soon as you perceive the world worm your brain can't really comprehend it and so it's like this is my explanation of what happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's what people walk away from is this idea. Like, I know what happened, except you don't. Cause your brain was like, I can't, I can't handle that. I literally cannot stand looking or understanding what I just looked at.
1: So it would seem these um, zealots might be right for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe. I mean, they're also trying to get it to eat more. So it's kind yes. of expanding its power. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're quite, In the right (laughs) there.
1: Maybe not with their motivation, but perhaps what they say, some of the things they say about the transcendental experience isn't necessarily wrong.
2: Oh, I gotcha. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm Yeah, those zealots are fucked up, y'all. I'm just saying, like yeah, like, nah. I'm still definitely of the opinion that we're in a TI eighty six calculator and we're playing snake and this is this is exactly what's going on. We're we've just created a micro narrative for the things that are going on within it, but you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. If we had
2: rolled that this was an isekai, then that would have been the uh Oh easy. Part. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like this is the gritty re okay. Remember when gritty reboots were a thing?
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is the gritty reboot of Snake. Like this is like oh man, we've we've what what have we earned the rights to? Oh, the game Snake. All right, cool, no problem. You know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Daniel, if if you don't mind, let's let's go ahead and rewind a little bit and talk about evil progenitors for a little uh-huh. moment, shall we?
1: It makes me think of the engineers from Alien, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. you had mentioned that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you like that movie too much. I think I, I like that
1: movie. Like, yeah, I like I it because it's, it reminds me. It's got like these Lovecraftian vibes to it, like parts of it.
2: Are you talking about Prometheus specifically? Yeah,
0: Prometheus. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: we're yeah. I think
0: we had this conversation offline, but I think that I we both know we, did. we was was this on the podcast?
2: Yeah it, was yeah,
0: it was. Yeah. Oh man, see, this is what happens when I see you guys in the meat <laughs> space, <laughs> and just like, oh, this is weird. I can't remember what stories get told. Or... Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, no, the, it's dumb that the, those people are dumb and mm-hmm. um, the you know, uh, like
1: characters, the,
0: the characters, yes, yes yeah, exactly, they behave yeah. like yeah.
1: morons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. That that's really the big issue that I uh-huh. have with that thing in general. Yeah. So you know yeah i think um i like
1: the theology i like think the theology the um the attempt to explain some of the things in alien that obviously yeah. were not thought out initially and i, I that's mm-hmm. what i'm interested in is like it makes you ask more questions which i think is always a cool move when you have introduced something that answers some question but then it's like there's a lot more questions raised so it makes you want to know more about the alien world like how does this work you know
0: yeah especially in a series where you know the original movie is all about like uncovering what this alien thing is right Mm -hmm. and then by you know like resurrection you know exactly what a xenomorph does and is and how it works and so like Mm -hmm. by trying to create a little bit more mystery surrounding the xenomorph and stuff like that i think is a smart move overall sure yeah but this isn't a film review podcast but what i'm pointing (laughs) at though (laughs) what i'm pointing at is something that i think is is we can take advantage of here which is like Okay, what was so familiar is now unfamiliar and therefore scary and weird and like, you know, what are we questioning again, right? So let's let's go ahead and talk about the fact that these progenitor races, the things that people oh, okay. So so let's go with the evil progenitor thing here, right? Our group of researchers that we've kind of created in the last episode. We've pointed to them and they're like, oh, we've got to find the progenitor races. They're our saviors. They're the only way that we can stop this oncoming reality warping reality storm of a yormunger. So, I mean, in a sense, right, they're trying to meet the things that created the, oh, God, I'm rambling so much. But like, they're trying to find a war criminal. They're trying to find Mm -hmm. the exact person who created this thing is and is remorseless when it comes to that type of thing
1: i like that although the what i was saying about the progenitors isn't just that one of them is bad that they're all actually Mm -hmm. pretty bad Mm -hmm. like we have the wrong idea of their intentions overall
0: okay oh Mm -hmm. oh. that's
1: what i mean yeah
2: i wonder if um because As one of the tenets in the prompt implied that this was like a a cycle that kept going and going and going. And Mm -hmm. the progenitors, it seemed, wanted to stop that cycle. And in doing so, they created this serpent and killed the gods. And maybe their intent was literally to end the universe by doing that. Like they knew Mm -hmm. that this would happen. They knew that this cosmic serpent would keep eating everything. And they just wanted it to fully end.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm
2: yeah in that
1: case the the war criminal might actually maybe he's doing something that is not exactly what they say he was doing like so they're pinning the blame on him but maybe he was actually yeah. working against them in some way uh-huh. oh so this
0: is the one good one basically yeah right? maybe
1: yeah. or like maybe that, maybe i mean we could even say like perhaps he had selfish intentions but it, it's to mm-hmm. the benefit of the protagonists you know
2: <laughs> yeah. oh maybe maybe it's like the protagonist's see him initially as like the one who designed the whole thing, like the war criminal behind it. But in actuality, like yes, he was maybe the lead engineer on this or whatever, but he was actually sabotaging the project. And that's Mm -hmm. that's why the universe hasn't already ended. Like it was supposed to be a much Ah. faster thing. Like the maybe the snake was supposed to be even larger and faster moving. But now it's smaller. I mean it's still fucking enormous, like incomprehensibly large, but it's allowed time for these uh life forms to develop more and potentially figure out a way to stop it.
0: Right. Yeah. And maybe, okay, maybe the rift that kind of got created in the past was this idea that like, oh, this guy created a failsafe, right? Like actively sabotaged the creation of the world serpent, but also put in a failsafe. So there's like this idea that this guy, this progenitor, is sitting there like, look, I know that I can't stop this. I know that it won't stop, but I can slow it down and maybe somebody else can in future yeah. generations, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why that's he has to
1: sleep, maybe, so he can be found oh, yeah. in the future. Right. right. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I think I had the idea of, like, they created a tomb for themselves.
1: Yeah. And I yeah. think
0: that's awfully fitting now, especially <laughs> if you want to turn it into an RPG, like exploring mm-hmm. the tomb and getting to the center to uncover, like, the secret only yeah. to find out that the person that you're looking for is still alive. Like, is mm-hmm. it's kind of a fun little D&D trope almost. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know?
1: And maybe, like, you know, part of his goal, like, he doesn't care about these humans, but part of his goal is to, I don't know, maybe he originally wanted to destroy the snake, and they thought that the only way they could succeed is by making it bigger and destroying the universe. Like, maybe he's leading them to what he thinks will work, but it's actually disastrous for all of them, you know?
0: <laughs> what do you mean by that?
1: So I, I can imagine, let's say I, I, we had different ideas about what the snake is doing. But in the end, it seems the progenitors are trying to make it as large as possible to destroy the universe to get rid of the gods, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Maybe the snake isn't really their design fully. But my point would be like, if whatever he's doing is opposed to that, so perhaps like he had a goal of blowing the snake itself up and that would end the war with the gods too. And so like, if, if that's the case, then waking him up, he's probably wants to finish the job now that it's out there and that could be Mm -hmm. disastrous for all of them if you blow the snake up maybe that causes catastrophic damage throughout the universe who knows i don't know i could
2: could release all of the energy that it's been building up inside by eating all of this god stuff Mm
0: -hmm. and then of course because we have this misunderstanding of the progenitors themselves like this this progenitor wakes up and they're effectively like Hey, you know, nothing matters uh except the destruction or the the stopping mm-hmm. of this world serpent. So like they're they're doing just the absolute most vile, heinous, evil shit in yeah. the kind of Machiavellian, like, look, we gotta pro- we gotta solve this problem. We mm-hmm. gotta solve this problem before it because it literally means the universe, you know. Mm-hmm. And he has
1: different ethics, right? Like as an yes. alien, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, so I mean, there, there's also this idea that this kind of progenitor is also like the, the head of some kind of space empire that's secretly. But I feel like that's kind of a little bit more hacky than what we're kind of yeah. going for right now.
1: I could see him being like, once he's woken up, he probably is smart enough to realize he needs resources and help to finish the job. Yeah. So he probably aligns with the humans and teaches them like, here's how you would fight the snakes like remnants. Or here's how you fight the... People who are empowered by the God because he yeah. understands all that, right? And he mm-hmm. can probably be a very cunning, think like Grand Admiral Thrawn, like a very cunning, like mm-hmm. strategy sort of person, more so than someone with powers. But it's like when the moment arises that he needs to get what he wants, he, like you said, he's completely amoral, you know, (laughs) like he has no understanding of our morals or does he care? He just emulated them to carry us along to get to his goal. You know,
0: Right. I I suppose that's where my question turns to like, why doesn't this progenitor just immediately turn to subjugation then? I
1: don't think he's powerful enough. I think that they might just be regular beings. Like they're not like angelic or magical. They just are regular. They're smart. That must be what it is. (laughs)
0: Okay, okay. Because, yeah, in my mind, when I think progenitor race, I think of something that is, like, inherently more powerful or more capable of, like, the the kind of child races that came after it. You know what I mean?
1: I could see that being a knowledge-based thing. Like, imagine if right, we right. woke up, yeah, like, 500 years ago, the things we could tell people how things work or how to make them work, they'd mm. be like, what the hell, you're a magician, you know?
0: Mm oh so so it's that kind of level where it's just like look i just know a lot about this particular thing that kind of thing mm.
2: or even that's
1: physics it. we don't understand like they might mm-hmm. know stuff right so they're like okay i know how to alter this drive so it can go faster than light here's what i need and they're like what
2: <laughs> you know? yeah wait
0: that's actually really cool because then you kind of turn to this this figure and you're like wait they just made my ship 10 times faster yes. like way yes. more powerful with a mm-hmm. couple of things so you're like oh I like this thing. Uh-huh. I like this person. And then immediately you're like, oh, 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 shit. oh no. Yeah, like yeah. If you give him control of that
1: military fleet. He knows how to make them yeah. all work in unison.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 We are in way over our heads now. What have we done? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. That's I a like fun little element too. to it, though. I like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh so I feel like have we reconciled the twist well enough? Have we twisted it and untwisted it and then twisted it back again?
2: I think so. I mean the the serpent itself is kind of a question mark now given that given that we yeah. might not necessarily like fully understand what it is or what it was meant to be.
0: True. Very true. Yeah. I'm frankly, I'm at the point where I'm like cool with kind of leaving it as is right now. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: same. I So like
0: kind of discovering what it is later throughout the episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Speaking of, we have factions. So uh, what are our factions? Courtney, kick us off. What did we bring in for your progenitor slash world slash zealous? What do we go? We have so many options to go with here. What did you bring us, Courtney?
2: Uh, So many options. Yeah. Um, Building on the idea of unreliable narrators, I wanted a faction of people who are not just cosmonauts, but also psychonauts who seek out these reality warping experiences and like purposefully expose themselves to them as much as possible uh, Mm -hmm. in an effort to maybe have that transcendental experience that you mentioned or to like they believe that they can ascend in some way. And I honestly didn't build these out in any sort of formal way, but I will say Mm. that at least one of the researchers on that ship is secretly one of these people. Nice. Yeah.
1: So they're not necessarily, I suggest that they're not necessarily liked by everybody. (laughs) They're secretly one of them.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it would be like a conflict of interest if other Uh people were to find out, like, wait, you're only here to just like get really high off of God bits. Like, Uh we don't want that. (laughs)
0: And they're like, uh, "Yeah, no, of course, of course no, <laughs> of
2: course not.
0: Yeah, I'm a serious person
2: and totally a serious, serious scientist, scientist here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was also kind of a callback to our Killian Murphy mentioned last episode, because oh. in uh, in the movie Sunshine, which is about a team of people sent to restart the sun after it dies. It's kind of a weird mm. thing. Didn't end up enjoying it all that much, but um, there is this thing that." some of the crew members do where it's like it seems like a exposure to that level of the sun or that amount of radiation is almost like a, a tempting addictive sort of thing for some of them
0: and here i was thinking you were going to go with an inception reference but uh no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. all right fair enough that's good <laughs> um yeah all right well th- that's interesting so I, I like the idea that this is definitely, you know, like they're pursuant of, you know, this kind of experience, this kind of mm. ascendant experience. Right. What can we do to make them? I don't know, because because in my mind, I'm thinking about like we, we've definitely done something like this before. And I want to say we've even mm. done it kind of recently with. um with the kind of post-apocalyptic, like, Psyker-type situation? You know what I'm talking about? Where um, they, they mind out the moon? What series was that called?
1: Oh, we had a lot of moons lately. Yeah, we
0: have. You mean
2: the uh, Moon of a Thousand Demons one?
0: Yeah! W- wait, yeah, uh, no, wait. maybe. Uh, no, this is the one... Oh, see, the, you're right, Daniel, we have had too many yes. moons lately. Uh,
2: <laughs> Land of a Thousand Extremes, that was when they... Mind out the moon and the planet became tighter. There we go. There Uh, we go. Yes.
0: Okay, that's the one I was thinking of. Where it's just like, okay, you had that kind of similar idea. So how are we making this? Like, oh, wait a minute. Are you trying to tie this into like event horizon at all?
2: Um, could potentially. I did actually see that. I know that's
0: why I bring it up. You saw it recently. How do you? What
2: did you think? I I did like it. Um, I I wasn't expecting to as much as I did, given that. A lot of people say that it's very dated or kind of cheesy, and well, I did, you know, notice certain cheesy or dated mm-hmm. parts. It was I thought it overall aged well, given that it's like a '90s mm-hmm. sci-fi horror, and sure, it could have been a lot worse for what it was. And I, I liked the descent into madness and like how completely fucked up everything got.
0: I love, I love when Lawrence Fishburne is like, "We're leaving" as soon as he, <laughs> as soon as he realizes what's going yeah. on.
2: Yeah. Uh. But
0: yeah. No. I agree. It's it's a good movie. I wouldn't mm-hmm. go so far as to call it like a great or yeah. You know, like a masterpiece or anything. It's like, like enjoyable. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's no 1999's The Mummy starring yes. Brendan Fraser, of course. But of course, nothing can compare. <laughs> no. No. I feel like it's been too long since we've mentioned that. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, get a little subject yeah, so anyway. What I'm trying to get at here: yeah. what can we do to make this transcendental, like drug tripping, kind of? uh faction mm. what kind of flavor like because I, I feel like we just need a little bit of spice we just need, like, yeah it's yeah. missing like a pinch of something and i want to kind of like add that flavor in as best we can you know what i mean
1: yeah We could ask questions about um so for example are they are they individuals who have this inclination and so the term has been developed to describe people who want to do this secretly or are they like an actual organized entity you know that seeks this out as a group
2: yeah i had kind of pictured them as very loosely organized if at Mm -hmm. all so like not really a formal network or anything but probably more like hobbyists in a way
1: could they maybe be organized by like you know the equivalent of a forum or a you know underground chat like interstellar sort of thing you know yeah
2: i like that idea like they're
1: Uh basically Mm -hmm. amateur
2: hobbyists like hunkering down on some hacking forum or something
1: yeah so as i can imagine like the scientists being in their lab and they're like secretly chatting with the group like oh really close you know like that kind of thing
0: maybe we can add a little bit of curiosity to them you know like it's it's kind of like drug forums that are like hey i don't know how psychedelics work and then Mm -hmm. like it's kind of like they're they're kind of writing down their Mm -hmm. experiences and like comparing notes and being like oh what happened when you did this you know it's like there's like a little bit of science to it and there's also a little Mm -hmm. bit of like reckless kind of like we're we're testing this stuff out on ourselves you know kind of thing as well it's
1: very psychonaut it's very journalistic yeah it's journalistic yeah. in the sense of like writing journals you know
0: yeah
2: mm-hmm. yeah i do yeah. Like
0: that. but that kind of like brings them together and that's pretty fun i
2: like yeah that. yeah and like you brought up event horizon and i didn't have that uh that sort of negative result in mind but i could Mm -hmm. see it leading to very unexpected things uh in the long run this Mm -hmm. frequent um exposure to god stuff and like i know in the prompt or one of the tenets talked about how maybe that exposure is how like magic exists so maybe there's something there where you gain powers that you don't entirely understand how to control or what to do with them
0: Mm -hmm. oh so so would it be like you're pulling stuff from the psychic plane into the real world essentially
2: Ooh, could be that, yeah, or some other plane that you don't really know what it is. Like, if if it's yeah. event horizon, then it could go to very dark places. I mean, we <laughs>
1: established that um, the powers that the gods have have to do with their having a different physics.
2: Mm-hmm. So I could
1: imagine if, yes. if that's like transmissible, that the reality bubbles oh, yeah. that we call them. Yeah. perhaps the exposure gives these people their own like very minimal sense of the reality that well, they can't control. And that's why things get progressively weirder for them because their localized physics start to change. And it could also impact Mm -hmm. people around them in ways they don't understand.
2: I like that. Yeah. And like, maybe they're trying to figure out how to control it. But it's Mm -hmm. since it's this like literal God stuff, like how do you even wrap your head around how that works?
1: It's like, imagine if you were high and the things you're seeing actually are happening and people in your vicinity could see those things, which is like very much like. Yeah,
2: yeah
0: so it's, it's very interesting because I feel like my faction and your faction are going to have like this weird kind of push pull, like antagonism Mm -hmm. almost because Mm -hmm. I've been listening to a podcast uh, series on the Manhattan project recently. And I've been really utterly fascinated with kind of like the logistical elements of creating, you know, like this cutting edge, bleeding edge technology for the time and how it was weaponized. And then, some of the descriptions of, you know, the the nuclear bombs being used in uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki are like mm-hmm. just some of the most bone chilling, like horrifying things that you can imagine. What I'm fascinated by and where my faction kind of kicks in is that I wanted some kind of governmental organization that is exploring the kind of – because if you go towards the, the parts of the dead gods, right, it fucks our shit up real bad. Mm-hmm. Cause it fucks with the physics and like, sure. You could probably utilize those dead God parts for like energy, like infinite energy, but much like we kind of approached atomic energy, just like, how can we weaponize it? This is what's going on here. So I have this like group of researchers and uh, like very boring government types who are currently trying to figure out how to best weaponize God energy as best as they possibly can. And yeah, based on our conversation that we're having, I feel like your group is certainly against mine. Like mine is a little bit more bureaucratic and perhaps a little bit more fascistic as well. Uh, I, I didn't really start it that way, but I'm looking mm-hmm. at it like as a healthy kind of contrast between your hobbyists and mine. Or like, you know, like it's, it's got a little bit of an Indiana Jones versus Belloc vibe a little bit. You know what I mean?
2: Mm, yeah or i could see it as like a your group almost doing like an mk ultra thing with my hobbyists oh yeah That's what I was asking infiltrating to, yeah. and trying to like get those people uh to study them
1: are they government types like are they um yes because i feel like we don't ha- we haven't ha- really had um an understanding of how the intergalactic um yeah. structure of the of this world is so that would be nice mm. to have some sort of government even though it's a seems like a government bureau inside of whatever they're yeah, larger apparatuses yeah
0: yeah it's it's a fascinating kind of situation to see like okay we've given this one person uh i think his name's general greaves or something like that but he he basically was given an unlimited budget and was told to like make nuclear stuff happen <laughs> and he was incredibly good at his job in terms of logistics and like making like projects happen and it's it's hypothesized that like without him, we would probably have nuclear bombs years after we actually had them developed because he was actually just that efficient at organizing. He's a great project
1: manager. The world's
0: greatest project manager. (laughs) (laughs) Like like, actually though, like Uh that's the kind of funny thing about it is that he was actually just really good at project management. And like, like Oppenheimer got the job because of him. Like no one wanted a theoretical physicist because he's theoretical. We want practical And then this general was like, nah, this is it. We, we want this person because he knows what he's doing, but it's like, it like, that's the kind of like very bland and boring type of like person and organization that I want, because that to me is like way scarier. Like imagine that Courtney, you're one of your psyker people are just like enjoying this trip, like experiencing altered reality and then a man in a black suit or a man in like, a featureless like hazmat suit like basically yanks them out of that Mm -hmm. like it's a bad trip because you made it a bad trip you know and it's because that government organization is there like being like what the fuck are you doing in psycherspace, man get out of here you know
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um i have a question so when we think about the structure of the various planets or systems in this it makes me think then that the larger governing body, and I'm sure there's many different worlds that have different governments, of course, but maybe like a federation of some kind makes me think it's less of a you know like an empire or like some place that something that's that's more um i don't know in backwards in our history and some sort of government mm-hmm. that's in the future of what we're imagining like of present day, sure, only yeah. because the threat of the snake eating worlds would mean the response to that is that. You know, we don't necessarily want that other than the Zelda's places. So I'm guessing that the large government that's in charge is not some kind of like evil empire, thinking it's more of a normal sort of coalition of planets. I -hmm. mean,
0: I certainly wouldn't call it inherently evil, but I think it's capable of great evil in the way that any kind of bureaucratic edifice, any kind of large organization is capable of great evil, just because it's like, they have a they have a shared goal, and that goal is going to you know get done. And great things have been done in the name of good intentions, you know. Or, oh, or, or.
1: Well, I, I mean, I guess the distinction I want to make is that they're not like a bloodthirsty empire yeah. looking to conquer places. Yeah. They're more like a normal okay. nation state, you know.
0: Yeah, no, this isn't yeah, like blood for the blood god. This is not like right. we're plucking your brains out of cyberspace because we want to feast on them. It's more like. Guys, I've, I'm gonna go home and have a nice date with my wife tonight. And oh, by mm-hmm. the way, I yanked a guy at a psycher space. Like, just so right. you know, I'm keeping the cosmos safe. You know, like that. It allows kind of... like
1: your thing to exist in the context. Like, I couldn't yeah. imagine a MK Ultra organization existing in a bloodthirsty war empire. I mean, sure, right. it would, but it wouldn't be the same mood as an MK Ultra. You know, like right. an right. orderly, bureaucratic government. You know, instrument
0: you know <laughs> yeah no no i i get you that that's certainly what i'm interested in exploring here is the kind of like banal aspects of these kind of great events and kind of great because that always that's always fascinated me let's be real like banal things happening the very boring mm-hmm. the very mundane things that to me i don't know why is so fascinating in fantastical situations
2: no i was i was gonna say that i i like that we've just been focusing on like boring people so far like we get like hobbyist drug people we've got boring bureaucrats and like yeah there's a cult but they're also just kind of flying around they're not really like doing anything too crazy uh, yeah in terms of like physically what they're doing
0: i can't wait until daniel hits us with space (laughs) mccool space bounty hunter We he's got like a pompadour and he's like shooting double guns and stuff like that So, Daniel, why don't you hit us? What have you focused on for your faction this time? I was
1: so glad you gave me that layout because I was about to (laughs) say, until I fuck it all up. Um, (laughs) 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 Perfect. This is our lovely, boring universe. So, actually, the existence of a more standard government, right, even though it's got like shady bureaus inside of it, um, gives space for this. So, I was thinking, I want to add a kind of galactic police who are fundamentally good. Just so that we can have something contrary to reality. Fundamentally good galactic police, I'm thinking Green Lantern style in that these okay. police officers have been given like a hunk of God stuff or whatever. Yeah. As like yeah, some yeah, yeah, instrument yeah. to wear. Oh, and therefore yeah. it gives them, you know, the equivalent of like superheroish ish powers um, in order to carry out like the the whims of their government. But the key is I want them to be fundamentally good. Even if they're roped into doing bad things, the individual mm-hmm. police have a code of ethics that they actually follow
0: okay can they be slowly deteriorating because of the god stuff that they wield if it doesn't turn them evil yes (laughs) i that that's fine i'm just saying that like they're wielding Mm -hmm. god stuff as though it were like a weapon like let's look at that and be like we've established that this god stuff is very very bad for us right. right like
1: it gives them reality warping abilities but i feel like perhaps um if it's if you wanted to deteriorate maybe like the, the more they use it the more that fragment they have will go away and it's also dangerous to overuse it perhaps mm-hmm. like in their duties mm-hmm. so they're very like reserved about how they use their powers Oh so that's i'm not picturing right. like oh. you know i'm not picturing phoenix right i'm picturing more like <laughs> you know, he might operate on the ground that he might have a few enhanced abilities that are the result yeah. of reality warping, rather than flying around and shooting fireballs,
0: you know? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I, I like the idea that it's like, oh, they're, they're like rolling their eyes like, fuck, okay, I guess I have to use this reality warping mm-hmm. power now. Shit has gotten serious. Okay, let's break it out. You know, like yeah, using yeah. it as a last resort is kind of fun, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, that way we can keep them in line with the humanity of the others.
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah maybe it's like an implant that they can uh, use kind of like a stim pack type thing or like a, yeah. a pill that they take. And it's very mm-hmm. like, again, very like bureaucratic and banal. It's like, I uh, gotta, gotta do this, I guess for this mission.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. So there's the, uh, I'm not going to get into anime, Daniel. I'm sorry, but there is, there's a really great character in uh, an anime called Jujutsu Kaisen who like slays demons and stuff, but he's also a salary man. And so <laughs> his like limiter, his power limiter gets broken as soon as five o'clock turns around because then it turns into overtime. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so like the whole gimmick is like, he becomes way more powerful when he's off the clock and when he's like forced to like charge them more. For is it because it's
1: overtime pay basically? Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's overtime <laughs> pay. Exactly. like i love that idea of like okay like i'm turning on the clock and this clock is going to give me like a certain amount of power or something like that That, Mm -hmm. that's what i wanted to get at i didn't want to go Uh in a little diatribe but still i think that'd be kind of fun
2: yeah one thing that i like with the direction that we've been going to is like and rob you talked about like the sort of boring researchy direction but there's also like the the ends justify the means direction oh yeah because that seems to be the case with uh this progenitor guy who who knows what he's willing to do to uh, stop the thing that he created. And uh, definitely the case with your government agency.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the interesting rub, right? Because we've got this incredibly fantastical setting. And to me, one of the most interesting things about it is exploring it through the lens of something that is really uninteresting and like explicitly boring. But like, it's also one of those things where it's like, holy shit, man we're exploring like reality warping reality altering like phenomena but we're doing it through the lens with a guy who has like a really boring haircut and glasses you know like that to me is so (laughs) fun and so interesting you know like it's kind of like the psychonauts game where it's like oh the boy ran away from he goes to a psychic summer camp like how do you make psychic powers boring you put it in a summer camp where it's like oh yeah this is average this is no problem right and and that i think is kind of the appeal to me when we're talking about this type of thing where it seems it feels grounded we're talking about stuff that is so out of control and wild and stuff like that but it's like it feels grounded because it feels there's like a little bit of boringness to it and i think that it itself is not boring but it's grounded in the boring which i find really appealing personally Mm -hmm. yeah well anyway We've, we've got our factions, we've reconciled the twist. We've basically been building towards like a main story quest, I think, but I'm interested if we could kind of keep it away from like cosmic serpent type situation. And Daniel, frankly, I think that we should kind of talk about your cops a little bit more because they're inherently good and they wield this stuff. Like, do you have anything else that you want to talk about? Like anything else that you want to characterize them with or?
1: Um, I could see, you know, a good cop, perhaps, and maybe some of the other ones work together, becoming disaffected by perhaps like what they're being made to do, like, they want to do the right thing. But, you know, since we know there's a secret government agency collecting, you know, collecting psychical thoughts, and then you've got zealots out there who are trying to sacrifice planets to this, this serpent, I could see that one of them getting disaffected or tired of it all, and maybe mm-hmm. looking for answers somewhere else. Um, And then the question of temptation and all that. But I don't see the cops as being a main character necessarily. I see them as being adjacent to other stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you said that because I definitely see them as like, they're off in the background or like, they're like a side character, like Mm -hmm. they're important, but they're not going to be like punching walls and like helping the protagonists run through. Like, Yeah. It's more like they might
1: be afflicted in the same way the protagonist is, Uh, you know, like I can Uh see One, having left their force or whatever, but they kept, like, the god bit for whatever reason, and they get caught up in the protagonist's story.
2: I could even see it, that they're sent out for some, like, mundane, like, check on this research vessel. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just some boring like uh the ship is passing through our space and we're getting some weird readings from it we better go check it out oh. that sort of like and it's very like badly. very mundane but yeah it could it could go in different <laughs> ways i think yeah. depending on if this is a an rpg or a, a story yeah they could go into a horror
1: ship of course
2: yeah
0: <laughs> oh yeah well i think horror is the easy one to go to uh-huh. here right like again we we kind of evoked event horizon earlier and then you've also got stuff like dead space, you know, yeah. like giant empty ship full of mm-hmm. uh-huh. Uh By the way, Daniel, one thing that I found that I think is really interesting is not retired, but forcibly retired from the space cops, mm-hmm. like someone who knew what it was once like to have reality warping powers. And now like their hand kind of shakes when they think yeah. about it a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. that's another way that we can introduce that concept without like, throwing the power scale all off as well
1: i like that because you could have whatever the protagonist is doing which i feel like if we're constructing an adventure it should be about them but i like the idea Mm -hmm. of perhaps along their path they come in contact with one of these retired officers who can help them from a wisdom perspective and maybe you know is actually interested in that mission of the protagonist
0: yeah and then the other thing that you can also do with that kind of situation is you know you've been following this character and they've been like oh i've been retired i haven't had my power and then inevitably within the course of the the narrative they find a way that they can access another type of power like oh i found a thing that's similar but it's going to kill me and then they have Mm -hmm. their big heroic sacrifice to help the hero yeah and you get to see what that power actually looks like firsthand Mm -hmm. and you're like oh fuck okay i'm glad that we're not focused on this as the protagonist because it would be a completely different type of you know narrative that we're focusing
2: to give it like really really mundane roots you could also have it be um this you know retired or disgraced cop who's still thinking back to his glory days he like comes across one of those uh psychonaut hobbyist sites and starts like reading through the forums and participating a little bit and maybe he starts to piece together clues about this researcher who's like heavily heavily exposed to this stuff and like he kind of does his own like side investigation and tries to Mm -hmm. figure out what the hell's going on and what is going on with that ship that's following this yeah that's really maybe good. this is
1: how you get led to the sleeping progenitor like perhaps in the one who's really involved is getting like echoes of it of its dreams or something you know the the scientist who's uh, on the I psychonaut know. board so like the cop is piecing these bits together and and trying to figure out the motivations of the scientists on that ship you know
2: yeah like mm-hmm. it, the posts of the scientists become like stranger and stranger as it goes on and like they start mm-hmm. talking about hearing a a whisper in their minds that's calling yes. them to a certain place, and like has anybody else experienced that that kind of thing
0: mm-hmm. oh sure sure, sure sure, yeah and and of course, it's like, oh man, I wish that I could be like that, oh, tell me all about it, and then there's the i I don't know i'm I'm picturing this as like a shit posting forum as well, like where <laughs> yeah. there's a plenty yeah. of shit posting involved, mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah lol me too and then i woke up and my wife was murdered or something like that <laughs> uh-huh. like yeah. no one believes them uh, you know to yeah men.
1: is it is it like uh what's his name um q that's what we're dealing with
0: okay i'm <laughs> glad that you said that because i you literally know? was thinking like this had QAnon vibes to it uh-huh. or know?
1: or 90s like x files vibes depending how you want to go with it you know
0: I mean, they've basically bled into each other at this point, Daniel. You How, know, dare like, you. <laughs> How dare uh, you? How dare you? I mean, tell me I'm wrong because I'm not wrong. You remember the like, four? Um, no, they're fundamentally...
1: Remember the? Um, you remember the hacker guys in X? Yeah, the three yeah. horsemen, right? They were good yeah. people. They're not hewing on
0: trash. <laughs> like no, no. But I'm saying that like you, no one can have fun like with conspiracies anymore because it's like it all turns into. Like, oh, she was cute on
1: ruined so it. it. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I mean. Because conspiracies are fun. You They're know, fun. Like, I know. But, but the problem is that now people believe them and it's dangerous. I just miss evil G Man,
1: you know, like generic evil G Man, and we're fighting the power, you know, that kind of thing. Why can't we do that?
0: Right. Exactly. I, w- I sincerely wish that we could get away from blood libel and go back to good old fashioned conspiracies again.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, but, like, in the vein of keeping things, like, mundane and simple, like, we could follow that disgraced cop who comes across this forum and starts investigating mm-hmm. and, like, he joins up with maybe a younger person on that forum who isn't as, mm-hmm. like, jaded to the world. And it follows more, like, his story there rather than directly closely following the people mm-hmm. on the ship and the progenitor yeah. and all that.
1: Right. I like that. It's more like a, it's it's not noir, but it is a detective story, which is nice. Yeah,
0: yeah. Here's what I'm thinking if I'm looking at this cinematically, right? Like the opening is the boring montage of a cop who's like going through his like what his day is now. And it's incredibly boring. And he looks back and there's like him as a superhero, basically. And like he's like trying to remember what it was like. And then something happened. There is a call somewhere, right, that changes his day to day that forces him to pay attention and it's not just he stumbles across like a forum post, right? Because I, I, it, it's got to be something more impactful than that. What is the thing that like pulls him in the direction of this particular adventure?
1: A thought you can have is sort of matrixy. Um, so, like when Neo, he he has been spending a lot of time alone, he stumbles upon the things that lead him into the Mm. story, but there's a meta narrative of like the bunny and imagery that is occurring in real life, you know, that are, it's kind of like Jungian, um, what's the word, synchronicity, that Mm. he experiences in the matrix that leads him to truth Mm. in the one good movie there was. So I, I, (laughs) I, in in our situation, since we do have reality warping magic, essentially, um, I could imagine this cop having had synchronistic experiences, that he then tries to validate or understand through this forum, you know?
2: Yeah, like maybe Mm -hmm. he even thinks that it's like, um, how like with psychedelic use, you'll sometimes get like acid flashbacks. Like maybe he views it as that and he goes onto these forums to try to see if that's what it is and that leads him down this path.
0: Okay, okay, hear me out. I I like that a lot. I'm gonna gonna try and incorporate it, but hear me out on this one, okay? Uh, Let's take that idea. Now let's put it, in a kind of group therapy situation where it's just like a bunch of retired cops all together in a room, like trying to do. Oh, it. and
1: like they're meeting.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Like, yeah. Or, or it's like, it, and then like one of his cop friends, like, Hey, have you tried doing this like drug? Mm-hmm. You know, it's really helped me with like kind of settling my nerves and like, and then he takes it and something is different happens to him. And it's yes. like, it completely alters the trajectory of where he was going.
1: And I could see, like, they they all have these synchronistic kind of experiences that they didn't really understand, mm-hmm. like, remnants or echoes of their service. Yes. And so, like, they're coming together, you know, help share mm-hmm. how they're coping, and which could lead to the forum. And like you're saying, maybe trying right. other drugs that reveals mm-hmm. more or stuff like that. Yeah,
0: yeah and, and maybe he witnessed something in his service that was different. And that was like that. Maybe it was the thing that forced him out of his service that like directly fundamentally changes how he experiences this drug this experience right
2: yeah like maybe he had some sort of contact with the serpent at some point Mm. yeah like maybe they had
1: uh, earlier like a late mission that went in its proximity and he actually had to dock with it or something who knows Something crazy yeah
2: he like witnessed it directly with his own eyes and it's like Mm -hmm. oh fuck
0: yeah yeah i mean that that's absolutely part of it another thing is Maybe maybe what we can also do is bring in the kind of, you know, Dungeons and Dragons Tomb of Annihilation, like kind of idea. No spoilers.
1: We... No spoilers. I'm playing it currently.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wait, which
1: which, ver- which version? It's the 5e one. So no. Okay. okay.
0: That's fine. I'm going to reference the 2e version. So you're right. good. As long as it Are doesn't sure? spoil Are anything. you sure there's no spoilers? Because
1: I, I literally need to I haven't read the edition one. But, but you oh, know what happens in the 2nd edition one, though, right? Yeah. I don't know any, I don't know anything and it will ruin my entire campaign okay. if I know. Anything. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> let me, let me try and recontextualize. Okay. okay. It was really just a matter of, okay, let's, let's go back and look at the tomb of this progenitor. Yeah. Right? yeah. And use that as like, maybe we can experience that through flashbacks. Right? Yeah, right. Because then you get into all this history that we've kind of been talking about with the progenitor race, with the schism that happened between mm-hmm. them. And, you know, like all of this has been scrubbed from his mind or maybe it was uh, like forced down in like a trauma response once he saw the world serpent. But like mm-hmm. all of this stuff that we've been talking about has been crammed into this very boring man <laughs> and together with his very boring Internet forum friends. They start to uncover this mystery, right? Because that's, I think, what we have to do is we have to take something that is so fantastical and we have to uncover it. We have to, like, expose people to it. And I think this is an interesting way of doing it is by, like, doing it through the lens of this retired cop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry sorry to spook you for spoilers <laughs> here, Daniel. <laughs> I know, because, like... My GM would be so sad. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I've memorized the map and in uh, section M32, (laughs) you're going to want to click on the button on the left hand side. There's like a dial. Click that, but just trust me on that one. Okay. For those who have
1: played it, we have have made friends with the big dinosaur that's supposed to be terrible and fearsome. He's (laughs) our buddy now in this game.
2: Oh, that's great. I assume made friends because of your character well
1: actually well i helped with the spell but it was technically our yokel gnome who did the actual work but i did facilitate communicating with the dinosaur
0: Uh, i'm so interested in this okay i feel like we've come to a point where like the main storyline quest we've done it we've we've knocked it out right at this point Mm -hmm. is there anything else that we need to explore a little bit more
2: um like one thing that we didn't really touch on at all i think just because it became so integral to how this happened was the tenet about stuff coming from uh the gods like gut flora in particular but i'm not sure if there's a way to oh yeah tie that in fully well i mean
0: i think you nailed it on the head there courtney it's integral to like so much of the world that it's like it kind of doesn't need to be talked about like the fact that the sentient races that exist are currently like. Progeny of gut flora and fauna from these dead gods' bodies, mm-hmm. and the fact that the magic also comes from or the quote unquote magic comes from the the flora and fauna of the dead gods is also I think part of it, you know yeah, yeah
1: we speak to like the more um you when you approach it's kind of like a no man's sky what it ultimately did the closer you get to weird stuff that has like the real warping physics the weirder things get so i can see like mm. stranger fauna and flora being generated by things the snake has passed through so for example you're mm-hmm. trying to track the snake you could find solar systems that are completely warped with strange life forms that have developed from you know wildlife developed from its passing mm. and that could be part of the effects of its field you know
0: mm. i could also i can also see like maybe the drug itself is kind of like the it's like a cultivated flora and or fauna from the gods it's like a probiotic
2: probiotic. yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: look you gotta stay regular and that's how you do it is through god stuff yeah so yeah
2: I, i could also see that being another mundane thing like when the researchers end up you know coming across this progenitor and like you know, tell us all your secrets. How were we formed? Like you created us, kind of thing. And he's like, "You, you guys actually just evolved from like God poop." So yeah, there's nothing really special about it.
0: <laughs> Effectively, yes. That that's that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's just like, yeah, no, I, we. The, you were completely incidental. You were the literal shit on our boot. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I think that's an interesting way of approaching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So. I, I feel like this setting has been remarkably fun to work through for a bunch of reasons.
2: I agree. Yeah. I, I love yeah. how it turned out.
0: Yeah. It's a weird one. Mm. It is a weird one. I like <laughs> weird ones, Daniel. That's why we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So I feel like now is a good place to call it. And that's going to do it for this episode of world build with us. A huge, huge thank you to our patron commissar whiskers for Effectively spearheading this particular prompt, if you want us to build your world and you'd like two episodes to do so, you can always become our patron over on Patreon. If you don't want to do that, you don't need to, of course. You can always just go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're over on Twitter at Let's World Build, Or if you want to come talk to us more directly, come chat with us on Discord. If you are sick of listening to us on your regular devices, guess what? We are on YouTube now. So if you want to go and subscribe, do all the YouTube stuff, you can do that now. So please do so if you're inclined, right? Again, big shout out to Commissar Whiskers and all of our other patrons who contributed to this particular prompt. That's going to do it for this episode of World Build With Us. Remember that we love you very much. And we're going to get through this together until next week.